This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? Mm, Coming to you live from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it's THN! It's cover to cover! And we do it every Saturday. Today is June 5th, and my name is Mappa. And I am the Internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 11 Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page and Zoom to wrap about the week's new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and of course... The question of the week, live with our listeners. I went to a bat mitzvah today. Oh, neat! That's fun. How was the food? I always judge it by the food. That's uh, it was all virtual, so you know I'm still hungry. Oh. oh, yeah, that's the worst part. Then I mean, really, this is a live show, and we need you to play along. So jump into our Zoom. You can find that link at the top of our live stream on Facebook, or you can call us at four zero two eight one nine four eight nine four. If I'm saying that way too fast for you, we have a handy dandy little call now button on our faces book that you can click and your computer will make a magic phone call. I think I don't really know how it works to tell you the truth or I think it's definitely magic. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think you're right. Or if you, you push the button somewhere, somebody somewhere in the world will die. Oh, but you will call the voicemail. Oh, the hotline. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Now that adds some intrigue. I like that. That's kind of fun. Yeah, magic has a cost, man. That's true. You can also just hang out in our Facebook live chat. We can talk to you there too. However you want to do it. You're more than welcome. But before we get into all this garbage, Joe Patrick and I like to set you up with some talking points in a little section we call Nerd News. In Marvel news, it looks like Al Ewing and Donny Cates are going to do a little dosy do and Al Ewing is taking over Venom. Based off this promo art, it looks like we're getting some spacey Venom. Yeah, it's going to be wild. And uh, there's a few people online that, you know, like the comic speculator dudes are like, ho, 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 better go pick up that Venom Space Knight series that Ed Brisson yeah, did. I mean, that's going to be huge. <laughs> I mean, part of that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? <laughs> Everybody buys it, and so it shoots up in value. Yeah, of course, right. That's how that works. Don't fall But, uh, yeah, we don't really know anything. There's a bunch of, you can read interview, uh, like a but quote this from team. the this press release or whatever. But we were screaming, we were like, damn. who do you get to take this over after, you know, the run we've just had? This is a fun announcement. This is a super fun announcement. I just... yeah. Hope it doesn't totally into mean it. that Al Ewing is going to stop doing anything else he's currently doing because I love everything he's currently doing. It's also good. Well, Incredible Hulk is coming to an end. That's the other half of the story. We already know that. In, uh, not Incredible Hulk, Immortal Hulk. Immortal Hulk. Comes to an end with issue 50. I said Al Ewing because uh, you went out of order. You're talking about Hulk. My bad. Donnie Cates is what I meant. Oh, Donnie Cates. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I mean, he's not doing Venom anymore. That's the trade off. Right. <laughs> They just sort of swapped places. They're, they're playing swapsies. It's, they're playing musical characters. Super right? fun. It, uh, I think they should do it for every book. <laughs> like sure, you have to do si do sure. with another creator, basically. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, along with uh, hot up and comer Ram V and Brian Hitch, who we were certain last week was going to be drawing the JSA relaunch. Guess not. Turns out he's just drawing a picture. He just drew that. He just drew that that little backup story, which that's is fine. fine. That's fine. You know. Um, uh, but, but honestly, I don't know if I would want Brian Hitch to draw my JSA book. I like Brian Hitch. He's very talented. I just don't know if he is the artist that I want in my JSA book, you know? 
Brian Hitch is an artist that draws spectacle, and I don't really read JSA for the spectacle. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, moving over to Hulk, Al Ewing, as we mentioned, is ending the Immortal Hulk after issue 50, which comes up uh, is coming up very soon. We definitely talked about how do you follow up the Immortal Hulk with anything after what Al Ewing and Joe Bennett have done. And the answer is you put Donny Cates and Ryan Otley on it. Yeah. Uh, we don't know exactly what it's going to be called. The the it's getting its own free comic book day one shot. The Avengers Hulk one shot. So right now we, it, as far as we know, it could just be called Hulk. Right. But uh, I I mean I kind of hope it's called the Incredible Hulk because yeah, I have a feeling it will be. We'll see. We'll see. You we'll go see. back to the Incredible. Uh, Hulk. So we've got uh, Ryan Otley sliding over from Amazing Spider Man. Tiny Cates sliding over from Venom. And it's uh, this preview art looks uh, incredible, super badass. And I think Donny Cates is uh, a- no pun intended. Sorry. It's just it's really incredible pre- preview. art. It's gorgeous. I think Donny Cates is a perfect guy to slide in here after we had a huge psychological rampage with Al Ewing and give us like a flat out insane Hulk super story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. you did with Venom. Just go straight. Ridiculous. Let's have a big Hulk event. Let's make it nuts and let's have fun. Uh, now, we do have a little bit about this story. Uh, we've got uh, Bruce Banner, who seems to think he has come up with a way to finally control the Hulk persona, a quote, a radical way to control the Hulk. That should be fine. That should work out just fine. Yeah, it's never, things have never gone bad. <laughs> I don't that. see any issues there. Every time they try and control the Hulk, it ends up really well. <laughs> so <laughs> Yes. Uh, and it goes on to say that this, quote unquote, extreme solution could have massive consequences. Uh, and that is, it, it is a new, uh, a, t- a new method of trying to control the Hulk that no one has ever tried before with the character. So mm. I guess we'll see what that means. A colonic. I bet it's a colonic. It's just straight up coffee yeah. enemas. It's a all coffee enema. Yeah. <laughs> Cleans you right out. And the Hulk's going to be like that. You know what? That's exactly what I needed. Thank you, Banner. Ooh. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, man, I feel so <laughs> I'm not bad. mad at you all. <laughs> I've, been ca- I've been carrying around 30 pounds of extra junk in my colon <laughs> for knew? so long. Wow. That car that I ate. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm excited about both of these uh, creative teams. Uh, I think that, that these are going to be great fun. And uh, we'll see what happens after uh, August 14th when the free comic book day one shots come out. We got our first glimpse of Shazam 2. Shazam. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not so much a glimpse of Shazam 2 in terms of like movie footage, but it, it was a brief, uh, cute little clip of Zachary Levi in a slightly redesigned uh, Shazam costume. There are subtle differences uh, that you can't really tell in the video because it's very dark. That's part of the joke. There's a joke at the end of the video right? Uh, where it's like, why is it so dark in here? <laughs> uh, which is a, a nice little jab at, uh, I like to think, a nice little jab at uh, the Snyder side of things. Of course it is. I mean, come on. But, uh, <laughs> uh, there are some set, uh, set photos you can find very easily online. Uh, that show Zachary Levi walking around in the new suit in broad daylight. This is uh, good news filming. though, because it seemed like we got Shazam. It was a mild success. Everybody kind of liked it. It did well at the box office. And then we didn't talk about it anymore. And everybody kind of went, is there going to be more of that? They're like, uh-huh. And then they got really quiet. And then started, what do you mean people didn't talk about it anymore? I love that movie. No, I'm not saying I'm saying Hollywood got real quiet. Oh, we in started, terms of like, is the movie yeah, moving forward? And we started stuff. hearing yeah, about yeah, The yeah, Rock sure. and we started hearing about Black Adam and stuff. But Shazam got really quiet. So, I'm well, you know, COVID this. was a hell of a thing. That's true. I'm happy <laughs> so. to see this is there, though. And I'm, I'm this ties in 
absolutely going to tie in with like Black Adam in a third movie or something. Kick ass. Totally into it. And I think it's yeah. a really interesting place where they can build a little shared universe out of the Shazam folks, you know? That's yeah, fun. you know, like this, this to me seems like the, the first the the first kind of manifestation of that idea that the DC movie universe is a multiverse with pockets right. of different, right? So Shazam's got his own little universe. The, yeah. There's going to be the new Matt Reeves Batman shit going on. Wonder Woman and Aquaman still exist in the Snyderverse, I guess, or something. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? And, right. And uh, so... I, I mean, I do think it's ballsy saying, yeah, we're committing to a three movie arc at a minimum with Shazam because we've got Shazam, Shazam to Black Adam. We know that Shazam is not necessarily in Black Adam. And Black Adam is not necessarily in Shazam, too, which means yeah. a fourth movie. <laughs> Quite possibly. So uh, so we will see. But I think uh, like I loved Shazam and I think it's I think it's going to be really fun. And I, you know, Zachary Levi has kind of been added for some kind of questionable libertarian nonsense but i i do think he's great as shazam yeah you know and and, and you can have your dumb you know political opinions as long as you're not in QAnon, as far as i'm concerned um, yeah totes, totes. <laughs> let's pop through these real quick because we want to get these people in here jupiter's legacy yeah. canceled but super crux it though? coming <laughs> that's just it that, that's just it like this article is like jupiter's legacy is maybe canceled no it's canceled it's 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 not officially canceled but it's almost definitely canceled that's they, actually that's literally this headline that i'm reading said, they told the actors you are released you're good they released Go they released the actors <laughs> yes uh they released the actors from their uh the from their contracts and people are like people like matt bomb are on the internet going oh is the Miller World, Miller World was a failure. Blah, blah. How can you not say when the first show in the Miller World launch gets canceled? How is that not a failure? I mean, uh, wouldn't I you can want say the first it, I can one to say do it good for a number? I can say it for a number of reasons. One, just because shows get canceled does not mean they leave Netflix. Two, Jupiter's Legacy was the biggest show on Netflix over Memorial Day weekend. It was a huge hit. It was such a huge like hit. Like it or not, it they was decided a huge hit to end it. <laughs> That's not the point. Number three, number three, uh, streaming shows. We all like to think we know the magic formula, but they are measured by different metrics. Joe, we're talking about this after the funeral. Now we're talking. We're not though. We're not. The uh, actors have been released. They said, go find other jobs. You're good. Okay. But you're acting. uh, I'm my, my point is not that Jupiter's legacy is not canceled. My point is that Jupiter's legacy wasn't a success and that Miller world is a failure. I don't think that those things are in evidence, especially since for the day, the news of Jupiter's legacy came out. It was also confirmed that they've greenlit another Miller world show. Right now. Let me ask you that. That's not a failure. That's not what a failure means. Super crooks bombs. If they put out super crooks and they go, Nope, never mind. We're done with that. What are we saying then? How many times uh, well, does, do they have to get canceled before we're like this? Okay, probably isn't you need work. to you need to let go of this whole canceled business because they wouldn't have greenlit a second show if they weren't confident in the Miller World brand. They canceled. They did not cancel Jupiter's Legacy because it was not a success. They canceled it for other reasons. It was very expensive to produce. The contracts for the ensemble cast were very expensive, but it was a huge hit in terms of people's eyeballs on screen watching the show so netflix with their two billion dollars 
that they have to Matt. spend on new shows went that's too expensive they're, they're, they've decided to focus on things like Lord of the Rings and whatnot because they're going to get more eyes on it. They didn't get the eyes they wanted. It didn't get the critical reception they wanted. They it didn't get the it. critical so reception we're they get, wanted. Yes, that is we're true. But super crooks, which makes no sense to me whatsoever because it's in the same universe, which is bizarre. It's, is it though? Yes. People can't seem to remember whether or not it is. They're, they are saying this takes place in the Jupiter's Legacy universe. So the article, the articles, yes, there. are referring to it as a spinoff of Jupiter's Legacy. Right. But I read parts of Super crooks and i do not remember it being part of the jupiter's legacy i can't universe. say that i do either and but it was too long ago so we've we've gone on too long let's set up the question of the week and then we can bring people in here who want to yell about this if they want to joe patrick please uh, set the stamp question of the week all right well i do have one more quick thing i want to mention we can wrap up about jupiter's legacy and whether or not matt understands how streaming success works but uh read pop the uh convention organizer responsible for stuff like new york comic-con and c2e2 has launched something called Metaverse Memberships. And that is an annual membership program that basically gives you all the benefits of attending a con, at least in terms of like access to exclusive uh, merchandise, being able to view panels, that sort of thing. Which they should have from the beginning. Um, for an annual fee. And uh, I think that's a very cool idea. And I want to know if anybody's interested in it, because it seems to me that like if you were a big time convention goer, but you don't really like the idea of going to cons after a pandemic. That 65 bucks a year doesn't really seem like that much of a stretch. It's just it's 65 dollars a year, 65 bucks a year for a, a metaverse membership. $99 a year for a super fan level, which gets you like pre-sale events and, and other stuff. I would argue ops. I'm going to get all that information on the internet the second after it comes out. And if I really want those exclusives, I can get them on eBay, man. Yeah. You can pay through the nose for them on eBay. Maybe. So good for you. Yeah, good luck or, there. You know, whatever might be cheaper than 65 bucks for the one that I want. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, if you're a big time convention person, we, we want to know what you think about that. Yeah. But I got a question of the week here. It is from Frankenstein Cirillo. Frankincense Cirillo. We agree. Oh, sorry. Uh, you know, we, we like to change it up around here. Yeah. When I was a kid, there were other comic publishers aside from DC and Marvel. Gold Key, Charlton. Uh, they went out of business and sold their IPs to other publishers like DC, like Marvel, etc. Like what Valiant? are some of your favorites? And did the new publishers do them justice? I love it. Let's get into it. And let's open up these damn phone lines. Right now, I got Mr. Brian Domingos coming on in. Brian, speak to us. Hey, now. What's going on? Hey, buddy. How hey are now. you? Hey, now. It's Brian. Hey, now. It's Hank Kingsley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, He's the funniest. Um, he is. Despite his funny. leader nonsense. Well, um, you know, you know, it's a, it's a different place. Um, so real quick, that read pop thing, I think is really interesting. Um, in that if you get all the benefits of going to the con without having to go to each con and, and dropping at least $60 per con to attend, just I to get in the door, just to get in the door, I think 90 bucks, you know, a hundred bucks for, un, you know, untethered access to all that stuff is a great deal. Fair enough. Fair. You know, like, it's, it's kind of like, I, I think about the, I took my son to Boston comic-con like two summers ago, maybe, I don't know, three summers ago. And it cost us, it was a one day, it was like a Saturday. It was probably 45 bucks for the two of us to get in. Right. Um, I got a, you know, some Frank quietly signatures, which was really cool. Um, 
I talked to, you know, Peter Tomasi, that sort of thing, but I didn't find anything that I wanted. They didn't have a lot of good, like vendors for like cheap trades and stuff. So my son was really into it. The signatures were cool. Meeting Frank quietly was neat, but like I left after a couple hours with like not much for 45 bucks. So, yeah, you know, and that was one. So if you do multiple, like if you're getting, you know, Comic-Con, like whatever the exclusives are, if you get two, you know, through it, that's the cost of travel. And all. I mean, it's, it, it seems like a given if that's your thing. So yeah, that seems really kind of easy. Right. Um, and, uh, and, you know, real quick, like Matt mentioned, like you can get all that info on the internet. You can get the transcriptions of the panels on the internet, but like watching the panel live, seeing the trailers they put out, like yeah. that's stuff that, that you don't get to see. No. And if that's your jam, I get it. I, I, I guess I'm jaded in the sense that I'm like, I'll see it when I see it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I, it, it, I would not do it like sight unseen. Like, I don't know what yeah. cons that they are involved in and all that stuff. Like, I, I don't know, but, but I just feel like, uh, like that's a good price for, you know, it's like you think about streaming, like what, what am I willing to pay per month? Right. And it's like a hundred over a year. Like, eh, I don't know. That's not so bad. But if you're getting San Diego, if you're getting New York Comic Con, Emerald City, if they're doing all the big ones, you know, yeah, I think that's probably pretty cool. That's probably worth it. You know, maybe. I mean, so like 30 bucks per con, like you can't get into San Diego for $30. No, no, no. You know, no. You know what I mean? So things like that, like, sure. You can't get a hot dog at San Diego Comic Con for $30. (laughs) You can't get to the convention center from your Airbnb for $30. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, like that's a, that's a thousand dollar weekend and you could get it like, Oh, I can watch some cons and maybe have access to some dumb Funko pop I want. And I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Fair enough. Um, I wanted to talk about Jupiter's legacy, which I think is so funny because I've wanted to talk, like I've considered mentioning it, but I always forget because it is that forgettable. It is forgettable. Um, <laughs> uh, I never even bothered to watch the last two episodes and I, I don't even remember I anything did. that was happening. I finished it. And when I got done with it, I was just like, God damn it. Come on. Like it I, finally got interesting in the last two episodes. It finally got there. <laughs> I was like, I, I thought it was vaguely interesting. I, it is so different from the comic though, which is, I think good because the comic is all of that, like snide Millard nonsense. A lot like, of it. The, Definitely. The fight where they fight, like the Mongol guy, I, I refuse to remember his name. Black um, but when they're, was his name. Yeah. Whatever his name. Yeah. So in the comic, that's like on, I don't know, page seven or something. And right. it's like all he, all the, um, I was going to call him Ultraman, whatever the guy's name is, the, the lead guy. Utopian. Is, Utopian. All he does is bitch that his kids aren't there. Yeah. Like, that's the entire thing. He's like, oh, my, my drunken, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, bitching and bitching about them. And on the show, it's like, they already, like, beef the son up to, like, try to give him something. Because there's nothing to him in the book. And so I, I thought those kind of changes, like, I had no problem with. Because, I, you know, I didn't really care about the comic. Um. And it is, it is not memorable. It's over like, um, but this is, this is what I want to say is that usually I'm going to come on, on that side here. Usually Matt's hyperbole is like so far through the roof that everything <laughs> is like, this is the end. It's canceled. What a failure. I think that after Netflix spent that amount of money to buy all of the Millar world stuff yeah. and they saw one month of streaming yep. and they were like, nope. Mm-hmm. We're, we're cutting our losses and that, I mean, it's not like, it's not cause oh, it was well, a success. 
It's not because, it, it, yeah, it costs too much money and, and not enough people are watching it to, to, for their value. Now, we don't know those numbers. We don't know what they cost. Right. We don't like, know all that stuff. But and I'll, I will grant you that. Like, Matt, Matt keeps saying that it wasn't a success, but that does not mean that millions of people weren't watching it. It just means that it didn't right. justify the cost. But, but I mean, but ultimately, when you get down to it, that's the point. Like, they yeah, yeah. no, for oh, sure. We have 200 million people love this show. Like, they don't give a shit. Great. They just want to know that. Yeah, more people watched it than didn't, and that didn't happen. And I am like shocked that they didn't give it the summer. You know, like give people a chance to not to take a week vacation to you know students not to be in school and Absolutely. maybe catch up on these this, things. This like, show came out six weeks ago, and yeah. then they made this for, announcement. That is the, pretty that damn is a, fast. That is a an utter lack of confidence. Yes, to, to cut those actors loose is the other. Like it's not even they delayed season two. Like. The, like Stargirl getting season three with season two, not even out yet. It's like, all right, calm down a little bit, right, you know, like right, things like yeah, that, yeah. where it's like, you're, you don't know, you don't know that anyone's going to care, but like, they usually have confidence, but to say no season two, it's over. Yeah. This is, this is, is shocking. This is firing your coach after game four in the season. Yep. You know, that's what this is, which it, happens in Nebraska all the time. Don't act surprised. Not in Nebraska. It doesn't. We hold on to them for a very long time <laughs> and make sure that we owe them way too much money when they are fired and then pay them in perpetuity in the NBA. Oh, yeah, right. It happens a lot. And it's one of those things where they had a guy, they brought him in, they felt really good. And they went, this is the guy. And after four games, they completely lost all confidence whatsoever. So, Something else happened. Something else happened. I, I just uh, look, uh, look, we can come up with conspiracy theories all we want. We can argue about whether or not it was a success all we want. But the bottom line is that Brian is right. We don't know the numbers. We don't understand what their metric. That's totally of fair. Six, of success is. I would argue that particular show. Sure. And the fact remains that, yes, uh, Jupiter's legacy got canceled. But on the same day, in the same breath, they were like, but Super Crooks is coming. Well, they have well, a contract so this with is, this guy. Well, this is the thing. Yeah. So this is the thing is that they they are not. Well, we're going to we're considering buying it. Oh, you know, we didn't. That one didn't work, but we've signed a new thing like they already paid for it. Mm -hmm. Like, they, you know, they paid for all of these these things. They've got to get they, something out of this. They they bought a sack of magic beans and they didn't know that, you know, like they got these beans that they're like, this guy's, this guy's huge. It's like, look at, look at what he talks about. It's like, he's, he is Barnum and he is PT Barnum. Like he, right. you know, Millar is, was his number one showman sell, sell, sell. Like all he did is finesse this whole thing of, Oh, well, super crooks. And it's in the same world. And we really want to explore. Like I read it think, and it was, it's not Netflix saying that it's him saying that. Yeah. And that's a different thing. Like he doesn't own it anymore. He's, right. he's desperate. Yeah. He knows that it, like, this is the end of him. If this fails and they, they say we paid $30 million and we're walking away, then that is, you know, that's, oh, it was more than $30 million, but whatever, way like, more than $30 million. But yet, yeah, the experiment's I over think, at that point. And they just if, have to say, oh, we're yeah, cut yeah, and yeah. bait. You're if, paid, if go they, away. If, if the, one of the largest streaming companies on the planet says we paid all this stuff, we don't want it. He is toast. Totally. Like that's it. And I don't so, want to, I don't want to beat this into the dirt because we've got all kinds of other stuff to talk about, but I will say, I don't understand how Millar can be attached. I keep saying Millar Miller can be attached to movies, whether you like them or not, that were pretty exciting and made pretty good money. Wanted was better than the comic and it was fun. I don't know how much money it made, but, uh, the, uh, 
What's the, I love the first Kingsman movie. The, I both love it. King, yeah, I like both good. Kingsman's movie. And I for I mean, the second one's not as we're good. We're gonna get a the first one's great. We're gonna get a Kingsman movie at some point. It's made. It's a prequel, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like those movies were a lot of fun. Jupiter's Legacy was boring. It's biggest. It was not fun. No, it, it was not fun. It wasn't fun. It wasn't even visually exciting. So uh, Harvey Locust makes a good point in the chat, and Jason uh, uh, Jason Sachs uh, backs him up. Uh, he, Harvey says, "I don't think it's the numbers. I think it's the social media. It's the buzz. Nobody's talked. Nobody was talking That's about it. Absolutely part of it. Nobody was talking about it. Uh, you weren't seeing people reviewing it anymore. Like nobody on YouTube was talking about it." And Jason says, you know, Netflix has this whole formula about how they determine the success of a show. It's internal to them, but a lot of it must be yeah, the buzz. Absolutely. It, and the buzz just wasn't there for Jupiter's Legacy. Because it was boring. Because it was not, it, you made a superhero it, show that was boring. And my favorite thing, my favorite thing about the whole, the whole, you know, affair, whether or not you agree it was a failure or not, is that Miller in his little interview, when they asked him about it, it was like, yeah, you know what? We we hope to come back to it at some point, but it wasn't fair to keep the uh, actors in their contracts. And I'm like, yes, yeah, Mark, that happens all the time. People are like, we want to work you, with Josh Dumel so bad. <laughs> you know? No, no, it's more like you're going to let these actors move on to different projects, some of which could last years, depending on what it right. is, like a show or whatever. Yeah, if, if Dumel shows up on another superhero show and it's a hit, well, you're not getting him back. Right. And not even, <laughs> it doesn't even have to be a superhero show. They're like, if they put Josh Dumel, they make him a, they decide they're they going to reboot. This is us or something. Right. Yeah, or they, they're going to re, they're yeah. going to the reboot th the Transformers uh, franchise, but it's going to be more about his character well, he shows a, up on the new 30 Plus. something or something I mean, you know, yeah, yeah yeah right he's gone and so kiss him goodbye <laughs> yeah and yeah, like it, i'm I sure mean, that he'll come running for you mark now, he's gonna well, come that, running to be fair that was him in a wig as an old person looked stupid it looked oh, bad it looked so stupid yeah <laughs> i mean he is also way more than 30 something by the way yeah no he's 50 something right um the uh yeah i mean that and that was classic miller spin you know that is like for sure that's sunny because that's his whole like you yeah. know, smiling and dancing and like, hey, everybody, and crying on the inside. Like, sure, right, gosh. sure. Like, yeah, right. I just, he's like, yeah, he's like Pagliacci, right? He's like, but doctor, I am Pagliacci. But at the end of the day, <laughs> that dude got paid and he's going to be fun yeah. one way or another. He might, he doesn't give a he shit. He might feel like dude, a failure. He, the money means nothing. He wants to be the most famous man that ever lived. Yeah, it's I, true. I, I do a, think that, there's ego you know there what? too. Mark Miller has his own metric for success that's internal to him. Just Absolutely. Like Absolutely. And Mark Miller, I've heard him saying that he's going to be back in office in August and everything's going to be fine. So, you know, right. yeah, we'll he's see. Gonna inject, he's going to inject some hydrochloroside or whatever the hell it's <laughs> yeah. called. It's going to be great. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, hydrochloroquine. Um, yeah. So just to, uh, to uh, change directions a little bit, um, the I picked up from my uh, nice library the X of Swords hardcover. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't read a page of it, all 22 issues of it. Um, I got it on paper instead of digital so I can give it an honest try. I'm Dem doing it. Demand a report. We demand um, a report. I'm and like I'm taking notes like because I don't want to miss anything. I'm like I'm doing it. I think the sword thing is really dumb. So I'm like, all right, despite the dumb sword thing, like, cause I don't understand why everyone has a sword. And I don't think they need it. But, Brian, okay. let's do this. Can you do a quick, uh, take notes and do an audio blog on it? Just your feelings. Oh and my we'll, God. I don't know. We'll, if, and we'll piece together like, an audio blog. I would love we'll, that. Look, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this. We <laughs> yeah. can talk about this right. off camera. We got some more you, people you, I got to uh, bring in, Brian, but yeah, I yeah. want to talk about this. I have an idea right. for, for something fun here and we will talk about all it. Okay. Right. Send me a, send me a message. Sounds all cool. right. Talk to you soon, buddy. Brian. Thanks guys. Jason oh, Sachs said, was we, in the Twitter talking shit about Shazam, chat. and I want to talk to him 
right now. His hand is up. Uh, real quick, uh, uh, Brian mentioned the swords being dumb. We talked about this before the event started. We were like, name more than three named swords of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> the Ebony Blade, the Soul Sword, uh, the whatever the red thing is that it, kill, that can kill Wolverine, Ileana's, the Muramasa Blade. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Muramasa Blade. I forgot about that one. Jason Sachs, how are you today, sir? I'm good for a change. I'm not out doing something. Hey, all right. All right. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. You're going to, uh, man, you're going to break Joe all, Patrick's little heart. Why do you care so much about Jupiter's legacy when you said that you didn't like the show anyway? So true. there's more Miller world stuff happening. So true, Jason. It's we just true. like arguing, you know, we're armchair, we're armchair quarterback. No, I, I, so. I just think it's, I think it's an interesting story and it's shocking for like this dude who's supposed to be the biggest success in the world. You know, I mean, I don't really think it's all that shocking when you consider that the, it boils down to mediocre show, right. Uh, gets mediocre response and is canceled by a streaming Titan What's, after one season. Final thought. And the weirdest thing about it is like the production choices they made that were so bizarre that just bad looking costumes, bad looking effects, really boring, long drawn out shots. And stuff. like, I don't, I just don't get it. How does that happen today? <laughs> it's just weird. To me, it's just like they, they saw it was a failure and they're like, all right, we're moving on with our lives. Yeah. We're, we're done with yeah, this. Right. Right. And, and you know what? It's like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like Brian, Brian said, uh, you know, they bought the entire catalog. They're just going to move on to the next thing. Sure. But Jay, let's get in Shazam. You you were saying it's the worst. You hate it. I, I haven't seen it in like three or four years, but there's a few things I thought were just so stupid about it. First of all, I have this thing about chase scenes that take place in a subway or rapid transit. I thought it was stupid in Captain Marvel where they're chasing through the L.A. subways. <laughs> Because, like, all you have to do is, like, go, jump on the freeway and get to the next station or whatever. Captain Marvel, they do the same thing. Uh, Billy runs away into the, the subway in Philadelphia. Well, that's pretty easy to solve the problem, right? You just wait for the guy at the next station, call up your friends and have them waiting there for you. That was so that made me a little crazy. Um, <laughs> Fair it, enough. It, like one of my little pain points. But really what I thought was, like, the worst thing about it, and I can go on for a while about it, is... Uh, so part of what I think makes this character interesting is that there's like just like a couple people who have these powers. But at the end, there's like the Legion of Captain Marvels or the Legion yeah. of Shazam characters. And well, how many kids are there? There's like eight kids who have the powers. Yeah. And to be fair, you know, they took that from the more modern comics, but I don't love it either. I don't really need an I don't really need an entire extended, you know rainbow coalition of of Shazam kids. It's it, I just need Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel Jr., Mary Marvel, yeah. the end. Yeah, and I don't know why they leaned Uncle into Dudley that. if you really want to. I'm not sure why they leaned into that either, and I kind of hope they roll that back a little bit if they do make another They're, one. They are not going to. I no. very much liked Shazam. I'm not going to say I loved Shazam, but I think as far as DC WB movies go, it's it's. I liked it more than Aquaman. I liked it more than night wonder woman 1984 you know i can understand not caring for the shazam movie what i can't understand is thinking that it's worse than the justice League it was movie. not worse than the justice league all right maybe it was a little bit of clickbait there but uh... <laughs> as long as you admit it as long as you admit it, that's all was we ask wonder woman 84 worse than than the justice league movie i'm not sure no, no. wonder woman 84 was uh, no. better than the justice, justice league, movie, league but not justice good. league movie is is the worst 
Yeah, okay. I'm still going to say I I think Batman versus Superman was the worst. I think the Justice League movie Mm. ended up panning out a little better than Batman v Superman, whatever, you know. And that's fair. And I think that the, uh, the, to be fair to justice league, it was only building on the foundation that that other piece of shit. Right. Started. There was a really good episode of how did this get made? That was all about the full Snyder cut and the guys, their two film critics around it with them, like boiled it down really well and about how they all got to a point where they're like, yeah, I liked it. But the problem is I had to do so many gymnastics to getting to the place Mm -hmm. where I liked it. It's like, here's the deal. Zack Snyder can only make four and a half hour movies and you have to appreciate him based on that. And it's going to be all over the place. It's going to be crazy in those four hours, but you have to admit that's the only way he can do it. And the only way he can make it sort of good. (laughs) Well, that's not a compliment. (laughs) Counterpoint. If you have been allowed to make a four hour movie and it still requires the audience to make their own mental leaps, right. then you have done a bad job. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And he went on anyway, to demonstrate Jason, that with sorry. Army of the that Dead, was my, too. That was my problem with, like, Southland Tales, too. Yeah. Is that, like, you have to do so much figuring out and all, when this movie's already two and a half hours plus right. to get any idea what's happening on the screen. Yeah. It's just, it's just not worth it, right? I love long movies. Just today I watched Once Upon a Time in the West, Sergio Leone movie. Wonderful film. Two and a half hours long. I knew everything that was happening. Now, let me ask and, you, in that film, do you think there's a portion of that film we could say, you know what, we don't need that. Cut that five-minute scene. I would say no. no. I'd say well, that movie absolutely. That not. movie starts with like a seventeen-minute silent scene, and it's amazing. waiting for a train to come in, and it is <laughs> transfixing. Yes. I could not move my eyes from the screen, and it's in regular speed. Nothing slowed down. It's just like here we are at the train station, waiting for these fucking badasses to show up. You know? <laughs> yeah. So oh. Zack Snyder's not Sergio Leone. That no. that's not an insult, I guess. I totally agree. <laughs> uh, you probably thought I was contacting you or not uh, joining this week because I have comments about revived heroes. Yes. Do you? Well, sure. That's my, that's kind of, you know, fits my little area. You are a historian. Yes. Uh, so I, I kind of have like a couple categories. So first are the characters who were revived and then quickly forgotten. Okay. Or bought and then quickly forgotten. And number one candidates for that has to be the ultraverse heroes. Yes. Ugh, that was my answer. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Joe. No, 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 that's fine. It's fine. I'm not like Matt. I don't really feel the need to switch up my answer. It's a I'll great talk about answer. My opinions later. It's a great answer. Ultraverse was going to be a thing for like two years. Well, like, and it was a thing, right? Like when it was Malibu, Ultraverse, those books are good. Yeah, a lot are. of them are, are good. What happened, Jason? Tell us what happened. Uh, when Marvel went bankrupt, they didn't want to have to pay additional royalties to people because the, cre- the original creators have had uh, deals on all their characters. So for example, Nightman, who had a brief TV series, Steve Englehart co-created that Steve Englehart had some sort of creator stake in it. And also the contracts apparently were very tangled and weird. So they just couldn't kind of untie them. Fair enough. So that's uh, totally fair. Yeah. And my understanding actually is that like, it would be like a giant chore for them to figure out 25 years later, what happened to these characters and who owns them. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely yeah it's it, it, so the second category out of three is characters who were revived by other companies and kind of live in their own little corner of the world and then uh are kind of forgotten so like 
Magnus Robot Fighter is a great example of that. Yes. Although he was part of like a lot of the Valiant stuff. So I loved like the early Valiant stuff, especially like the pre-Unity Valiant work. Oh, it was great. It's super obscure for people who aren't like longtime comic fans. But no, this, but it was, the world is so interesting. It was great. You have like Barry Windsor Smith and Archer and Armstrong and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it was amazing. And they're, you know, the like the anti-image comics from the era because they're like yeah. really legit good reading material and actually solar man of the atom which is another revived character and magnus are like these really interesting storylines yeah where is magnus now who owns that uh shooter did a revival for dark horse about 15 years ago and right since then i'm not sure anyone owns it wasn't there a dynamite well, we thing? had we had one not too long ago we reviewed on the show and wasn't i want to say that was dynamite i think it was dynamite i think solar oh, okay i think oh so- you're right yeah 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 they did they revived all the gold key characters yeah solar yeah. and dynamite both had and uh turok as well was there right yeah they had them all team up in some book that's yeah, a forgettable a forgettable event nobody cared <laughs> about unfortunately um the, yeah, I mean, I remember like Fred Van Lanty wrote the Magnus book, and it was good. The yeah. art was good. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I, that's the only one I remember out of out of the out of the bunch. But um, like, I know that um, they, the those characters have bounced around quite a bit. But uh, the last time I remember, I think it was Dynamite. I think you're right. And they never seem to catch on with anybody. I mean, no, Magnus ran for a bunch of years, but you know, it it never was a, like a bestseller or anything. Like, do you, does anyone really care about reading Magnus Robot Fighter now? I mean, like, and I suppose you could it. do some interesting thing with like a 2020s version of him being like a ghost in the machine or something, you know, this, this kind of, uh, I don't know. I feel like they need to boil it back down. I feel like at this point you get somebody like Jeff Parker who worked on like Flash Gordon and did that amazing Flash Gordon run and just boil it back down and and go back to where it was and make it cheesy 60s future. Put Magnus back in the skirt and shit, you know, (laughs) like let's do this, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because they've tried to reinvent it so many times and sort of bring it. Same with Turok, you know. They keep trying to reinvent it and give it a little twist, and there's good artists on it and good writers on it, and no one cares. Nobody gives. If a you shit. had those legs, you would wear a skirt too. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, he's got some beautiful legs. Let me tell you, he's, that, he's got uh, that he's dude got does not games, skip man. leg day. Jason, it is <laughs> no. good to talk to you, man. Yeah, great to see you guys. All right, later. have a good Bye, one, buddy. Frank Cirillo, I'm asking to unmute you. I think I did. Try it again. Frank, are you there? Can you hear us? Yes, there, I can hear you. There he is. How are we today, yes, sir? I'm here. I'm here. Hi, guys. Woo. How are you? Hi, Frank. You sound winded. Lovely. Are you okay? Oh, no, no. <laughs> We're having a... <laughs> well, I, I could make the excuse that I was mowing my lawn before, but that was like uh, 45 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Just Fair out of shape. Enough. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, you know, I, felt, I felt like this is a great question when I, when I thought of it. I'm like, oh, you know, but you guys are, you guys are like hovering in this like 80s, 90s field. And I'm going back to the seventies and the sixties. Let's do it. And not that I'm not that I'm old enough to be like, uh, to be aware in the sixties. I grew up in the seventies. You know, I, I, I was looking at, I would, I would go to Seven Eleven, and there was like gold, the gold key and Charlton comics. And, yeah, man. You know? Um, and honestly, when I was a kid, I, I, I'm, I'm vaguely aware of, of characters like blue beetle and things like that. But um, honestly, my favorite character to come over from a defunct publisher is Shazam, you know, which is, I think, sort of uh, interesting that you're talking about, you know, Shazam today. 
and, and the, the trailer just came out and and like my my thought went to that immediately because reading reading Superman in you know like and then Shazam would show up you know yeah be like oh the big you know the big red cheese and it was it, he was such a great character because you know it wasn't like he wasn't like as there was always the is Shazam stronger than Superman you know and it was never really kind of addressed I think until uh, until um. What was it? Uh, Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come. Yeah. And you well, see that they had, they had addressed it a few times. And I'm, yeah. maybe the first time we saw like Shazam is a bad guy fighting yeah. Superman, which makes sense. Shazam wins that fight. He's magic. Yeah. And yeah. Superman has a yeah. lot of trouble with magic. And yeah. we should tell everybody Shazam came from Charlton, right? Right. No, no. Fawcett. 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 Fawcett pardon me. Yeah, Fawcett, Fawcett comics. Well, I just looked it up. They bought them in. Uh, they bought the rights in 1972. Yeah. And there was a point where like Shazam was outselling Superman, like super yeah. huge, popular character. And DC was like, we got to do something about this. <laughs> How do we shut this down? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and but just buy the character. They did know? it with their checkbook, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I, I love that old, I love the old CC Beck uh, artwork from Shazam. It's like some of my favorite it's great. style of art. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's so beautiful. It holds up. Those comics yeah. look fantastic. Oh yeah. You and, know, right. you look at it. The printing, you know, the printing from the 40s and 50s isn't great, you know, yeah. when you see like the printing process. But those you see the original artwork, man, the original artwork is so nice. Yeah. So it's so pretty, you know, like it, there's a lot there's a lot in those old comics. When you look at the old comics from the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, they, they don't look that great when you when you kind of perusing through them. But when you see original artwork from that era, you're like, you're like, they did what? Yeah. Wow, that was amazing. Those guys definitely. Were, those Guys were top-notch artists. Oh, without a doubt. Now, Jason Sachs just said, and I didn't know this, to be fully accurate, DC only licensed Shazam from Fawcett in the 70s. They bought the character circa 2000, which I had no idea. That is wild to me. 2000. That's crazy. I had no clue. And I would argue Shazam is one of those characters that DC has constantly tried to reinvent a little bit and mm-hmm. relaunch a series with yeah and they just can't get it to stick i think the yeah, most I, the most I, famous dc shazam series was probably the jerry ordway one right yes i think Power so of shazam the yeah Power that was probably the, the highest yeah. selling and the last that was time a great series there was, was a fantastic that series. was so much fun but yeah. that was probably oh, the yeah. last time that shazam was any kind of powerhouse on the stands right yeah you know i mean i think when they when they kind of made made was i think at one point didn't they make billy batson into the like the the wizard or something or the keeper yeah, of yes. the rock uh so this was following infinite crisis yeah uh when it was like uh magic has been the, the rock of eternity has been destroyed and um when things kind of like calmed back down um billy became the new captain marvel right and yeah um, pardon me, not Billy. Freddie. Freddie became the new Captain Marvel. Right, right, right Freddie. Yeah, and uh, Billy became essentially the replacement for Shazam, the Wizard. And Billy was right. wearing like the white cape with the hood and stuff. Right? Yes, right. he had like a white costume. That was he had a cool long look. white hair. That was a really was, cool um, look. I like that. It was great. It was yeah. fantastic. You know, I mean, the, he's such a great character. The design, design aesthetic of that character is just—it's so iconic. And how, how could you go wrong with it? You know, it's, and I yeah. do, I, I love, I love the movie. I absolutely love the movie. And I, you know, you, you wanted to bring up the little, you know, you could kind of pick on little things in it, but you know, it was a fun ride start to end. And yes. I, I don't, 
you know, I don't see any flaws and it's, and it's so, it's so far and away better than Justice League. Oh yeah. I mean, it was also like a DC movie that didn't make me feel like, well, the main character could commit suicide at any point because yeah. he's in such a bad mood. You yeah. know? <laughs> like it was, yeah, it was bright and it was fun and that's what it should be. Right. I just think Shazam is one of those characters that is so interesting because you have a lot of people out there that say like, well, I don't care about Superman. He's too cheesy. He's just a big blue boy scout or whatever. And Shazam, even more so. Like right. they don't even think about him. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Where it's I like I'm not even gonna say I hate Shazam. I don't even yeah. think about Shazam because yeah. it's so cheese ball. You know? I, I love that. In at at one point they were actually just like in the movie they were writing Bill Shazam as a child because. Yeah. He was a, he's a, just a kid, and that's, you know, and I thought that was brilliant. That's when it's at its best. And they've leaned into that in that latest yeah. DC Shazam series. The, uh, Jeff, um, why can't I say his name? Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. Is writing, okay. but it doesn't come out and I don't know if it's canceled or yeah. not. So <laughs> I think they just, I think they just announced that it, that a, a new series was coming. Uh, but I don't remember any of the details. Is it still mm. Johns? I don't think so. Okay. And that's I, I would I I'd read it I read it I'll read it in trades because I I like I love Shazam He's I want character. it to succeed but I think yeah, it is yeah. a very difficult concept yeah. to sell and I don't know who the writer is that you get to really sell that concept I yeah, think it's, I, don't know. You, I think even gotta, when it's yeah, exceximal yeah. it's hard to get people get to care you know it's tough right. it's tough but it's such a great character I and, agree and in just in Young Justice they they really they do the th- the whole thing with Billy's just a kid in this adult body yeah you know. I, and that's uh-huh. the coolest thing about him. Yeah. And that was really fun. They did the future state thing where you're like in the far future, Billy had grown up a little bit and mm. things were different and it was going badly. <laughs> like that was kind of interesting, <laughs> but I don't want to see Shazam as a murderer either. I, like, no, I don't no, need no. that. Yeah, that. That would be terrible. Yeah. You know, don't my, my other, the other character I wanted to mention was blue beetle, you know, yeah. because mm. I thought, I thought, I thought blue beetle was, I, I, like I said, I was marginally aware before he came to DC, but when they brought him to DC, oh, they did, they did such a great job with Blue Beetle and DC, yeah. uh, you know, because he's just such a great character and he was funny. He was, he was in a lot of ways, he was like Spider-Man and Bruce Wayne at the same time. I would argue he, he so, was, he was DC's approachable Tony Stark. Yeah. Okay. Like he okay. was rich, he was brilliant, yeah. but he was very right. approachable and funny and like had a good friend and like had trouble dating, you know, like I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. just a nerd, you know? <laughs> like, yep. Yep. Definitely. definitely. He was like their Steve yeah. Wozniak. Like he wasn't the famous guy that created a- Apple, but he was the brains, you know? <laughs> yeah, he was, he, so that, that character, those, so those are my, those are my two characters, but you know, I, I'll, uh, I'll, I will, um, end with this. Uh, Gold Key had Star Trek, so I'm going to go to that one too. And Fair Marvel enough. and DC did a good job with those. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree. I, yeah, I mean, I, I I thought of that as well. Uh, licensed properties, you know, uh, yeah, kind of like uh, something like Star Trek. You got to work really hard to get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, because ah. the audience, the audience for those books is so huge. Yeah, that that's yep. true. But that hey, is not to say I haven't gotten it wrong plenty of times. So. Did, did you guys ever see the Saturday morning Shazam live action show? 
<laughs> I, yes, I, I've seen oh bootlegs recordings. Yeah, yeah. But it was I, as a kid. I was glued to the TV. It was Shazam fantastic. in the RV. We, yeah, we, we worked, worked at a comic book in the store. Billy in the RV. The old man. We worked at a comic book store that sold bootleg VHS copies of that, and we would put it in every once in a while. It's like, yeah, of course, Shazam, who has all the power of the Rock of the Turning, he's just as tough as Superman. He needs an RV to get around. Yeah, it, <laughs> it makes fantastic. sense. It was so silly. Uh, so real quick, real yeah. quick, uh, Frank, good to talk to you. Let's go read this. Gotcha. Bye, Frank. Uh, the news that I remember reading is that uh, Shazam is returning in a four-issue miniseries in July, uh, written by uh, future state Shazam writer Tim Sheridan with art by Clayton Henry. Oh. So it's just going to be a miniseries. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shazam is coming back uh, for for a bit. Uh, the Jeff Johns Shazam ended with issue 15 in okay. 2020, and they knew at the time that that was the end. So Fair enough. I, I think it just never, it just never, ever, ever came out. So. I think Shazam is probably a book that we don't need more than a good miniseries once a year. I don't know that it needs to be an ongoing book. You know what I mean? One of those characters. It's, it's like Doctor Strange at Marvel. Yes. JD got a oh, catch, hey. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, I don't disagree. <laughs> I love Doctor Strange. And if and if there was a great monthly Doctor Strange, kick ass. I think it's very hard to pull off. And maybe yep. this is a good question of the week. Like, name a character that you love that should not be in a monthly book. <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. Oh, well, that, that's, that's my answer right there. But uh, no, I wanted to go back to the Miller World stuff because uh, I'm a horrible internet journalist. So I don't know the source of this. And it may just be a whiskey field fever dream of mine but um <laughs> i read somewhere that part of all of this that yes they canceled the show because basically it was expensive right but also they are pivoting in the way that they're handling all of the miller world projects and they're basically treating miller world as an anthology series so every property is going to get uh, interesting mm, huh okay i mean there is nothing to say that like, okay, Nemesis didn't take place in the same world as Jupiter's legacy, I guess. Well, no, I mean, I don't know if they're doing all the same universe, but they did say super crooks is taking place in the same universe, whether or not the comic did this show is going to right. the purpose of this Which, show. And there's like, there's no reason why it can't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, that's what I'm saying. There's no reason that like if, if they want to do a wanted series. Yeah. I suppose yeah. that could take place in this universe too. Who there's that would super, be interesting, there's super hit that men would, there, you know, that would make, that uh, would be really fascinating. Yeah. Well, I, I don't really, uh, okay. Now, now we're getting into like inside details yeah. of these, of these, I don't know. I, but, the only like, I, I don't think Wanted works in the Jupiter's Legacy universe because the criminals of Wanted ruled the world. It wasn't like okay, no, that's fair. Yeah, they weren't just like a society of assassins. Yeah. Like, no, they ran things. <laughs> and yeah. I don't, I don't think that jives with the the lore of Jupiter's Legacy. Fair enough. True. I just, I only care because I want, I want my Magic Order series. That's that's it. I don't care what else happens with Miller World. I want that show. Yeah, the Magic Order is really good. And it's a fun read, and I highly recommend that one. But after watching this show, after watching Jupiter's Legacy, I have to be afraid for what they would do to the Magic Order. <laughs> because I mean, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be like the same. That's my showrunners or anything. Yeah, we don't like. There's no reason to assume. Like every I Marvel Netflix show had a different group of right creative people involved. Right. So do we know? Do, uh, all right. So that would be something I would I would want to look up is. Who is attached to Magic Order? Because, yeah, you're right. It's not the same. That's the thing. Is this? The, yes, Netflix owns Miller World, but 
the production behind it is not a, is not a monolithic organization. Right. They get right. Right. For each one, so there could be a different level of of decision making and everything else. It was ordered to series in 2019, so I'm going to say a lot of things are still up in the air. But James Wan is like the executive producer behind it. um, Yeah, Mark Millard just said that they went back into production in October of last year. Okay, so it looks like James Wan is still like your showrunner on the Magic Order. Yeah, James Wan is big time Hollywood guy. You know, did Fast and Furious, did Aquaman. So that's Justin Lin knows how to. I'm sorry, did Aquaman. Uh, James Wan, I James Wan, I believe is um, horror guy is a, is a saw guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Guy. That's right. Okay. I think well, the I think Conjuring Order, too. Yeah, and, and I would say that the Magic Order lends itself to television better than Jupiter's Legacy. Why they led with Jupiter's Legacy boggles my mind. Yeah, I'm not sure why they switched gears because we all remember that Magic Order was supposed to be first. It yeah. was the first show announced. Yeah, 2019 is when we that newsline that I just read from it. It was yeah. supposed to be Magic Order, and then it was supposed to be Chrononauts. Chrononauts? Oh, God. Which I don't remember anybody that read that shit. Yeah, I forgot all about that. That came out from Dark Horse, didn't it? No, oh, no, that was Image. It was Image, yeah. They were all Image. Yeah. There, was a, there was a similar time travel book. Uh, oh, Chrononauts was Sean Murphy, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, there was a similar time travel book drawn by Scott Collins that came out from Dark Horse, kind of right around the same time, and I'm constantly confusing the two in my head. <laughs> yeah fair enough uh, but uh but yeah so that was uh that was what i was thinking about with the mark with the mark millar millerverse netflix stuff i watched jupiter's legacy and uh yeah um yeah so, man i mean it, i like I, I i think that like you know like you admitted jd um that that little headline about the anthology uh mm-hmm. aspect could have literally come from anywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, it could have, you know, like, like if it came from, we got this covered, you know, we already know it's suspect. Uh, we, we often joke that if we don't see it on Latino review, it's bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, I do think like the idea of that is sound. Like the idea that yeah. Miller world, I, I think the idea of Miller world as uh, you know, kind of like, um, like an amazing stories, but yeah. each, each story is a season long. However, I also think that that like requires non comics viewers to give a shit about the name Mark Miller. Yes. And they well, absolutely and, do not. They yeah. don't. People know wanted the movie. People know the Kingsman movie. They know kick ass. Right. Every time I tell somebody who comes to me and it's like, Hey, uh, I, I really like that last Marvel movie. I want to read some comic movies. And I'm like, did you, have you seen the Kingsman movies? They're a lot of fun. They're like, those are from comics. They have no yeah. idea. Right. Well, and yeah, right. And again, that's another thing where the, they switched the name of it probably for legal reasons. Cause their comic was called the secret service. Right. Mm-hmm. Probably can't make a movie called the secret right. service in America is my guess. Um, my, my thought on the, on the anthology thing though, was doing that as an anthology thing. I also thought would be a very creative way for Netflix to fulfill their obligation that they purchased into without a whole lot of commitment. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like, I don't know that Netflix yeah, is going to even care that much though. If they're, willing, right. and if they're willing to rip this bandaid off after six weeks, I don't think they're going to be like, you know, how can we gently respect this, these stories and, well, and know, take care of Mr. Millar. They could just be like, get I, out. I, <laughs> I, I come from the same whiskey fueled source that the anthology thing is, but I thought I remembered part of Millar's deal was they had to make, they had to make these. Well, he's contracted, but they can terminate the contract. They just have to pay him. Well, no, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They bought Miller World. There's right. no, I don't, there's no like, like they, they bought Miller World. Right. Yeah. Which means it's like, it's like Disney bought Lucasfilm. Yeah. There's no contract with George Lucas saying we bought Lucasfilm, but George is making us make nine more Star Wars no, that's movies. Fair. That's not how that that's works. Fair. No, they wrote him a huge uh, check. And they, yeah, and they were say, like, here you go, Mark, here's, here's a, here's a million billion dollars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he can cry, he can cry about the success or failure of Jupiter's legacy all the way to the bank. But, um, you know, Jason mentions, it, it, did they compare it to the success of, uh, the ratings for umbrella Academy right. and saw that the ratings were so much worse. Um, also Todd Turner says, you know, if, if Amazon had not made the boys, if the boys had not made the leap to screen yeah. first. Oh yeah. I Maybe Jupiter's there. legacy would have been received better. I don't agree. I agree. I don't I agree. agree. I think the boys was just a, a great show. And I think this standing alone, even if I hadn't seen the boys, I would still say this is boring. Right. But you know, we've got, pe- we've got non comic book people out there right. comparing these properties. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. And like we're, we're viewing it through our, we're, we're viewing all of this through our own kind of biases, yeah. but you have to, uh, you have to remember that the majority of people watching don't know shit right. about we need to think about stuff comes from the muggles we need to think about the muggles the muggles yeah yeah, yeah the, muggles, the muggles are gonna see uh you know jaded grown-up superhero story jaded grown-up superhero story yeah That's, right exactly yeah. they're comparing apples to apples not mark miller to garth ennis right exactly <laughs> and and so yeah I, I i think that there is definitely some uh, <laughs> uh if only carl urban was the utopian <laughs> Yeah, uh, would have been way better. But uh, uh, yeah, it would have been way better. Um, that that thought came from Adam Wednesday. Uh, credit where it's due. Um, that might not be what he meant when he typed that. I may have read it wrong. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, I think that there is definitely some merit to the thought that people are out there, Muggles are out there, seeing. Uh, you know, they're comparing like with like. Yeah. And they're like, well, the boys is way better. I don't have time for this shit. I'd rather watch the boys again. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. And, and there's something to that. Uh, like something that I forgot. We forgot. I can't believe we glossed over it when we rushed through the news. Sweet Tooth came out. Uh, uh, Sweet Tooth dropped on Netflix yesterday. Yes. It's okay. it is amazing. It's pure magic. Don't. It is. It, it, well, we already know that you don't like it. <laughs> it is. It's a linear thing for for JD. I thought it was um, pure magic, but it, it's it is like a it's like a fairy tale come yeah. to life, and uh, you know it. And JD, I this, would I would be curious, JD, if you watch the show. I know you don't like the art stuff, but watch the show and let me let us know what you think. Yeah, maybe watch the first I'd episode. I'd like to see if it sells you because it was um, beautiful. Is, is it every bit as dour as the as the comic was? No. No. And it's it's a fairy tale. It comes I mean, off I, like it's, a fairy it's tale. It's got it's got dour in it. Yes, yeah. but that's Cause, cause my problem with trying to read the comic was I wanted to slit my wrist after the second episode. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I, I, and again, that's Jeff Lemire, like that's Jeff Lemire's entire creator on catalog like there's 
another way yeah. to look at it though too though is sweet tooth is like yeah is it dark yes is it creepy absolutely but there is this sort of mystic grim fairy tale to like, it as uh, well uh, you know? I, I will tell you the vibe i got from it uh it, it's uh the show is narrated the mild spoiler there's a narrator and i'm watching this show and i got through the first episode and i'm like you know what the 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 narration especially but also kind of the tone uh that they're adding to these events which are very serious uh reminded me it gave me big time pushing pushing daisies vibes absolutely absolutely yeah uh, big time Brian Fuller vibes yeah. from uh, Sweet Tooth. Uh, no, without oh. a doubt. A, a, like, and I, like I'm, I'm, I stayed up late. I watched the first four episodes and I freaking loved every second of beautifully it. Beautifully shot. It's wonderfully acted. The kid, the kid that they put in the role, kid actors, man, it does not take much for me to be like, somebody drown that kid. This kid is <laughs> fucking great. I can't handle it. Like this kid is great in the role and looks good. And they, the pacing is really well done. They've definitely massaged some things here and there, but oh my God, the show is wonderful. Uh, so uh, like I, I'll, I'll let you talk to someone else about it. Uh, <laughs> and that's fair. That's fair. JD. I um, want I you to will, give it a try. This. Okay. It's all. Yeah. No, it's fine. Well, JD, you don't have to, you've got no interest. You it's have fine. to it's give fine. it a try. Don't listen. But, to uh, so, uh, I will be the first to admit that it's been so long since I've read Sweet Tooth that I don't remember shit about the details of the story. I remember the broad strokes, right? So they might change all kinds of stuff in the in the show, and I would not necessarily notice. But there are things that I remember, like um, General Abbott. Yeah. Uh, and like they show General Abbott, who is the main villain of the series for the first time. And I'm like, oh, my God, I had an instant flashback to that character showing up in the comic with his bald head and his weird beard and his creepy goggles. There's definitely and scenes that they do, they took right off the page that you sure you'll yeah. see it. And um, the way that they chose to shoot it <laughs> makes so much sense. And it, it's just beautiful. Uh, and Todd, uh, Todd Turner in the chat asks, is it lightened up for TV 14 or is it still super dark? The answer is both. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's not, uh, like it's, it's, dark, I would but say it's not it is a, I would say it's a PG 13, Yeah. but so was sweet tooth, the comic, right? Uh, the, what, what's lightened about it uh, is kind of the tone not necessarily the content because it's still very violent. It's, we're still dealing with a lot of like very serious, like pandemic, but also like, not it, gory. It's not like it's they're not. Yeah, but like Sweet Tooth, the con, it's like we talk about we talk about a lot of Vertigo books where it's like uh, this book was a Vertigo book. Yes, but it, it wasn't about like being able to say fuck or being able to show boobs like that. was That's not what Sweet Tooth was. J.D. had to jump out. So thank you, J.D. Good to talk to you, man. I am going to unmute our friend Jimbo here. Jim. Hello, guys. How are we today, Hello, sir? Jimbo. Uh, pretty good. Uh, these questions, you know, they don't really impact the world of the manga kids. Fair so, enough. Fair enough. The, the, the only there's two there's one example that I found, which was Shaman King, which was dropped by the publisher and picked up by another another publisher. That's been the that was probably the most famous one that came out like uh, late 90, 1990s, early two thousands. Actually, Netflix is going to have a complete redo of the anime coming out later this year. What's it called? Shaman King. Oh, Shaman King. Okay, Shaman gotcha. King? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever you. Did. I uh, thought you said Sean King, like S E A N. You say Shamato, <laughs> I say Shamato. You know how it goes. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, um, okay, so Sweet Tooth. I started watching only the first two episodes. Uh, I really enjoy it. 
I, I see that it's forty over forty volumes. So it's like an episode of volume, or what? What are we? What are we getting on? The- you can't think oh, of it like okay. that. Okay, so he's. Um, you're talking about individual issues. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of like floppy comics, you can't think um, of it like that. Really, I mean, uh, it, it, it's not. It's not a. It's not necessarily a direct one for one adaptation right. where it's like issue one is episode one. That's not really how it works. No. All right. Um. So. Um. But just like in any anime you watch, Jim, they're compressing things and they're and they're playing with timelines a little bit to keep the story going. All the greater. Uh, so scenes you remember there. you remember when we talked about Invincible, about how like Invincible oh, barreled yeah. the first season of Invincible in uh, what was it? Eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it barreled through maybe like five trade paperbacks worth of content, story content. Yeah, uh, because that that ep- that uh, comic lasted 150 issues. Oh, all right. And so they've got a long way to go. Well, I, mean, uh, I, I was I was asking because I'm like, okay, what kind of well, how long of a story? Yeah, no, like uh, Sweet Tooth, like so. Uh, uh, Invincible has a long way to go to kind of like get to its end point, but it also told smaller, more self-contained arcs. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sweet Tooth. Uh, for its entire like 41 or however many issues it was, uh, was one long story from beginning to end, kind of like Sandman or, uh, well, no, Sandman also had individual yeah, arcs, but nope. you know what I mean. But this you is know more, what I it's mean, an though. adventure. Like, uh, oh, yeah, like, know, like why the last man, like why the last man, yes. you know, was one story yeah. from beginning to end. Preacher. Um, I mean, it's preacher, like yes, yeah. one story beginning to end. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of a different, um, adapting it is kind of a different beast altogether so well, it's, yeah, it's um, pretty good uh, the, the fairy tale is a good uh dark fairy tale a uh, good uh, it, yeah it feels very summer. brian fuller very tim burton yeah. very brian fuller yeah oh yeah tim burton yeah 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 definitely mm-hmm. and, and, and the other the other point i want to hit on is it's funny when you guys like oh man the mortal hulk is ending now what are they gonna do i don't deal with that crap i don't have to worry about it <laughs> once the story is done it's done let's stop breathe <laughs> Oh my God! You guys. It's not how we do it in the states. We keep we keep whipping uh, this horse. Yeah, no, American American comics, uh, American comic book characters get uh, get worked until they drop dead. Yeah, in the field like a like a we whip the horse like until horse. it dies, and then we bring the children around and we go, look at the corpse! It's a zombie horse. Let's tell a story about the zombie horse, kids. You know, <laughs> well, it, it's unfortunate because I think one of the best stories was uh, one of my favorite ones is miles morales like you don't get him without taking a risk yeah and i thought that paid for sure yeah. really well most definitely so I, I, I don't know like stuff like that like why don't they take risks like that we well, don't and that's like a whole other like, like i know, I know. You, that's like jim you make an excellent point we could do a whole and show on why they don't take risks so. <laughs> the, the, the reason miles morales worked the reason he worked in the beginning is because in the ultimate books which was like an alternate universe yeah they killed. They killed Peter Parker. Right. Yeah, that's great. That's great because it's a, it's an arc, and now he has to deal with it. Yes, and but now, sure. but fast forward, fast forward ten years later, following the introduction of Miles Morales, not only did they bring back Ultimate Peter Parker, but they moved Miles Morales into the main universe with the old Peter Parker. Also, <laughs> so it's a whole other thing. Now he's got to deal with that shit. Don't forget they killed Peter Parker and Dr. Octopus became Spider-Man for a while with Peter Parker living in the back of his brain. And yeah, then Peter they, Parker came things, back uh, again. Yeah, <laughs> so. they don't, we don't know. We don't we don't allow comic book characters to die forever, yeah. buddy. So don't tell uh-huh. us we don't take any shots in, in the States. All right, man. <laughs> yeah, but you, all right. The, the shots don't. It's always like a, a, a re, like an affinity stone 
away from resetting everything. Oh, of course. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're 100%. That is uh, accurate. Yeah. To when a the tea, shots don't 100%. work and the, and the nerds show up with pitchforks and, you know, <laughs> hatchets, we go, no problem. We'll just start it all over. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, <laughs> Jim, always good to talk to you, man. Yep. Take care, guys. All right. See have you, a buddy. good one. That was fun. Uh, we had a good show. Check funny. up on the chat real quick. What do we got? That was really good. Uh, all right. Uh, so yeah, Todd, Todd Turner asked, you know, if they had lightened up the show or, you know, they kind of lightened the, the, the uh, content of the show. Um, and he, he points out that it was Lemire's art that helped make the comics so creepy, which is true. Um, but Lemire's art is like so bizarre that there is no translating that to real life. No. And I think they made the best choice and, possible and so to go yeah, they, very fairy They made tale. it kind of, a, uh, they've kind of given it this ethereal. Yeah. And we don't mean fairy tale in like a, you know, bright sunshiny glitter kind of way. It's like, it's, it's like, um, old school grim fairy tale. I mean, yeah. Like folklore almost. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very it's a different style than the comic, but I think it's very true to the comic. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we, there was uh, some jokes made uh, last week or the week before, uh, where, um, a, a story came out where Robert Downey Jr. or somebody basically said like, look, man, we gotta, we gotta make some changes to the comic from comic to screen. That's how it works. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, there were some, uh, Jeff, Lemire, Jeff Lemire came out and said, it's like, look, don't you guys worry. Don't even worry. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. And one of the first jokes that we got from our own audience during that show was like, yes, I'm sure Jeff Lemire is telling people not to worry after Netflix has backed up a dump truck full of money to his house. <laughs> it's like, yes, that's true. But now. Yes, but the show was out. The right. show was out. The proof was in the pudding. It, like sweet tooth is Excellent. And I think you can put a a property like Sweet Tooth right next to Jupiter's legacy and say, okay, I see why they made these decisions in Sweet Tooth that lead the story along. And I watch Jupiter's legacy and I go, I still have no clue why they made that decision to make that change to the story because it does nothing. It adds nothing to it. In fact, it made it boring. So I don't have a problem. If you're going to change things, I get it. We can't go page for page. It's just not going to work. And I don't want to see a page. For it's a page. different medium. Yeah. Right. Yeah. First of all, do you want your, I don't st- want to do you want the story to be exactly the same? Of course you don't. No. Uh, second of all, it's a completely different storytelling medium. It, what works on the page yes. is not going to work on the screen. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that when it's done the right way. Jupiter's legacy right. didn't do it the right way. Sweet tooth appears to be nailing it so far. Miss branch, get Peter Parker on the phone. Yes, Mr. Jameson. It's voicemail time in the ziggurat. It's Toots, so this is Toots time, and it's I don't want to talk about comic books. What I too have is a question, question of the week, I should say. So, way back now, a uh, handful of episodes, you guys were talking about Zack Snyder's supercut, and um, everyone was mentioning how there were all these uh, needle drops, intro music, every time Wonder Woman showed up. Sure. She got her little Xena Amazon going on and uh, things like that. And then you think about all the movies where characters come in, bang, they get music, theme music. That's what this is about. Hmm. I want to know what's your theme music when you drop into the scene for the first time. (laughs) As an added challenge, 
I was kind of inspired by this because actually Dave DeMarco asked this question once before on like Facebook, I think, when I used to be on Facebook. And um, the fact that in the Dungeons & Dragons game I play with Matt, we have started a um, playlist of songs that we mention while we play D&D, and it is ridiculous. It's but nuts. not only that... There is a two-headed nerd playlist out there for when people called in with their favorite song that had to do with superheroes yep. or comic book or yep. something like that. It's out there. I think people should call in with their theme songs and those theme songs should get added to that playlist that you started way back then. It's it's on my Spotify. I can listen to it if I want. <laughs> you may have to relink there, me to that Matt. one. <laughs> Uh, that's fun. Well, he, Jared is probably not going to hear this, so um, we will have to message him privately and say, "Hey, send us the link to that." But um, Jared listens to the show. Sure, uh, I, I, I mean, yes, he he did say that he was listening to yeah. the show a couple of weeks ago. But I look, I'm not, a, I am not the sort of friend that expects everybody I know to have, to have listened to every episode of what I put out. I so am. if Jared, if Jared said that. like, I only, I don't, <laughs> I only listen occasionally, occasionally I would totally get it. I would not be surprised, but anyway, that would hurt um, my feelings. So I guess that's the new question of the week then, because we could do that. Uh, that's, that's too good to pass up. We and can do that. I wanted to do that. Some I, time to think about. There was also the, uh, characters, that you think are better in miniseries than ongoing. There's that question as well. Yeah, I think let's do this one first. Okay. All right. <laughs> because, you know, he, he invoked it. It's going to be in the show. Let's, uh, let's just say, hey, our new question of the week comes courtesy of Jared Savitas. When you think about needle drops in superhero movies, specifically Zack Snyder movies, uh, what's your needle drop? What song plays when you enter a scene okay and let's stretch it out though so we can talk about that or we can say your you think not original music not like the superman thing no no not, not score yeah, yeah like, but a, like your 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 soundtrack best usage of that you think about in mu in comic book movies and tv shows as well like a scene where like that song started playing and you were like fuck yeah that's perfect for this or whatever i'd like to talk mm -hmm. about that too that's fun yeah so let's talk about your favorite uh, quote unquote needle drops in nerd movies, and also what is your own personal needle drop for when you enter? Totally nerd movies and TV shows. So yeah, so yeah. You, any like I think that goes without saying. Any yeah. any nerd, any nerd visual media, uh, you know, any nerd, pardon me, uh, screen media. Right, I know mine instantly. I already got it. Not a I got to think about mine. Oh. I don't know. So our answers to the question of the week. Yours was Ultraverse. Yes. Uh, so part of the question was, did they do the pro uh, the properties justice? Uh, I loved Malibu's Ultraverse. Uh, I don't know why, but for some reason, the tiny little comic book rack at the Walmart in Shenandoah, Iowa, where my family would go uh, when we lived in Tabor, it was the like it was the closest town that had like a a, a real grocery store. No offense, James Country Grocery, where I worked for four years. <laughs> a real, but like an, store. but an actual, like you know, it, <laughs> like it, it. They let me let me back up. It's not fair to say that, but they had a grocery store. They had a, a you know, they had a department store. It was a it was a place you could go to do some real shopping. And um, so 
when my parents needed stuff, uh, we'd go to the Walmart and, and I would be like, all right, well, you know where to find me. I'm going to the magazine section because they have a comic book rack. Mm -hmm. And for some reason that comic book rack, whoever was in charge of it, they were like, yes, Ultraverse. Sounds great. <laughs> we'll put it here next to X-Men. It's going to be sludge. That it's was at a time though, where like Marvel was probably pushing it. This was pre-Marvel. This oh, was Malibu. Okay. Pre Malibu. But still, and, everything was hot. Everything was hot. Uh, sure. I mean, it was the early 90s. Yes. Right. And, and I loved, I loved those early Malibu Ultraverse comics. Not every Malibu comic was part of the Ultraverse. JD got a catch uh, in the chat earlier, brought up the ferret. Which is a which is a Malibu character, um, but he was not he was not part of the Ultraverse. We're talking like Hard Case, Firearm, right. Prime. Right. Um, later on, it would be Ultra Force, which was like their Avengers, and it had George Perez art. Uh, and uh, I loved them. I loved those books. They were well written. A lot of the art was okay. You know, the art was okay. <laughs> it was not necessarily known for its A lot art, of the art was okay. Uh, it, it seemed to me it seemed to me that it was more writer driven because it was like James Robinson and and you know these kinds of guys right and uh, yeah I loved it and then Marvel bought Malibu for reasons we have discussed in the past I'm not even going to bring it up or try to remember and they tried to they tried to relaunch the multi uh, the Ultraverse uh, under their own like Marvel umbrella. And it was terrible. Yeah. The relaunched Ultraverse under Marvel was terrible. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that Marvel bought them. Didn't they buy them just to get a hold of like some computer coloring technology or something like that? Uh, You know, again, I I, I just said that I want to try to get back into that because it was way more complicated than that. Uh, Like that was that was like the. That was the legend of the time, right? It's like Marvel yeah. bought Marvel bought Malibu to get access to their uh, computer coloring technology and department. Right. Um, we went to Jason Sachs uh, some time ago, years ago at this point, to ask us about this or to uh, answer this question for us. And the answer, like with all things, uh, is way more complicated than they just wanted the computer coloring. It Fair was, enough. there was uh, many, many monthly layered business reasons, but um, yeah, the Ultraverse, the Marvel's version of the Ultraverse sucks. It sucks so bad. <laughs> it was terrible. And, and they tried, like, they were like, we're going to put Juggernaut, uh, we're going to move Juggernaut over to the Ultraverse and he's going to be on the, he's going to be on the, uh, the Exiles. That was the name of one of their teams, not the, not the Exiles you're thinking of, but they had their own version. And, it sucked. We're going to put Black Knight in Ultra Force. It sucked. Yeah, it was terrible. We're, we're going to bring Loki in. He's going to be the main villain. No, it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> it's like you guys had you guys had Barry Windsor Smith. Yeah. Doing his own weird vampire alien vampire shit with Rune. It's great. Uh, you've got, you know, hey, hindsight's 2020 future future child pornographer Gerard Jones was doing prime, but it was Norm Brayful on art. Look, and it was like a it was like a modernized Shazam, and it was great. Gerard Jones is a terrible person, did terrible things. Is we didn't know that at the time. A very good we didn't writer know it at the time. Also, yes, a very good writer. We, <laughs> we so. and we didn't know any of this at the time. anyway. Um, but like, uh, Firearm was kind of uh, was James Robinson's uh, character, and he was kind of like this uh, uh, street level guy. We had a hard case, 
who was like a wonder man because he was an actor. He was a stunt man or uh, or something. Man, I didn't uh, know anything about Hard Case. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and, I never read great. any of this. I it, it just. Oh, but they're they're and you know a why? Lot of them are so fun. I'll tell you exactly why. Because when Marvel did get a hold of it, I was like, all I right, I'll check them. it out. This is yeah, garbage. No. <laughs> and, and, like I mean, I guess credit where it's due they tried to keep the stuff going you know they wanted they wanted to capitalize yeah. on what they bought but instead they flushed it down the toilet yeah. you know uh so yeah my answer is uh the ultraverse and did the company that bought it do it justice hell no so my answer is going to shock you it's captain adam i love okay. captain Adam, specifically sure. that old 1987 DC series. Carrie Bates wrote it. Pat Broderick was the penciler. And yes. that was one of the first DC series that I ever picked up because I was, oh, wow. I was strictly Marvel. And in fact, at that time, I was probably only reading X-Men comics. I don't think I read anything else. I think occasionally I, I would pick up Spider-Man. Actually, it would be a couple years later. It would be in the 90s when Todd McFarlane started showing up and stuff. And I was like, well, I got to pick that up. That's kick ass. But I read zero DC. And for some reason, I want to say it was the cover of Captain Adam. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I couldn't find a Captain Adam cover gallery. So I'm just like searching around here. I want to say it was one of the first 15 issues. And I can't remember which cover it was. It's driving me nuts, but I looked at it and was like, that guy looks kick-ass. I got to see what this is about. I didn't fully care about all the other side care. Oh, okay. It was issue 12. It was like a weird American flag. Captain Adams on the cover. Hands are like crackling with energy. He's sort of invisible. And I was just like, well, I got to see what this was. And I picked it up and started looking at the art. I was like, the art in this is fucking awesome. The story is totally bonkers. This dude is like as powerful as Superman basically, but also really dangerous and can't let his power go. I fell in love with Captain Adam. And I would oh, argue. Yeah. Uh, that's a great cover. Um, Pat Broderick, Pat Broderick is a great artist. Kicks uh, ass. Kicks and, ass. Um, yeah. So I, I did, I did love that about Captain Adam is like the idea that like, this is a guy that this is a superhero that was created when, uh, the government project that he worked for, uh, or the military project that he worked for strapped him to a nuke. Right. They like the the guy, the man, yeah, the, Captain Nathaniel Adam. They strapped him to a nuke, and it was more complicated than that. But they blew it up. He's super it, dangerous. He's like, it's and it, like, yeah. But not only did it give him freaky big powers, but it threw him forward in time. Yeah. So Captain Adam was a man out of time, uh, and uh, that was like always the danger. And they would come back to that later on in a lot of the post crisis. Yeah. Um. Or post. Uh. I want to say it was, um, uh, I, I don't remember exactly when, but it was like later, it was like late latter day DC prior to flashpoint where it's like, oops, Captain Adam jumped through time again. Uh Oh yeah. You know, where's he going to come out? Well, where's he, he going to pop out? He was like destabilized in time basically. And he, yeah. and he would, he would learn later to how to keep himself where he needs to be and stuff like that. But things would happen and he would be vaulted around. Like, yeah. Damn, no, he's got, again. he's got, he's a terrifying uh, nuclear furnace. Uh, you know, he's like, he's like firestorm without the yeah. bubbly personality. And he has to like control um, his power. It's like, what if Superman came around and gave everybody cancer? Like he has to think about that. I have to dial it back when yeah. I'm around people because he deals in radiation big time radiation <laughs> yeah it's um, such there's a cool another character. there's another um 
there's another comic book urban legend that I think that Jason also answered for us at one point uh, regarding Captain Adam, or maybe it was an article I read, but uh, regardless, uh, there was an event uh, in uh, DC 1991. It was called Armageddon 2001. And it was, uh, that was back when DC every year would do these like line wide annual events, yeah. uh, like in their annuals. So uh, like one year was Eclipso, one year was, you know, you know, you remember uh, bloodlines. Um, but uh, in, in 1991, it was Armageddon 2001. And the premise of Armageddon 2001 was that we have seen the future. At some point in very, very soon, one of our greatest heroes is going to go bad. And it's going to lead to this dark dystopian future right. in 2001. And everyone is like, uh, so there was this villain called Monarch. And he was, oh, you know, God. Uh, he, <laughs> oh, God. he was, uh, look, he looks badass. Monarch yeah. looks amazing. No, but I forgot um, about all this crap. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, yeah, he's, he's head to toe covered in armor. So you don't know who he is. And uh, there's a character called Wave Rider who uh, gained time travel powers for reasons that we don't need to bother worrying about right now. And he came back in time. And so the premise of all these annuals was Wave Rider visiting all of the heroes and glimpsing into their futures to see if they were the ones that would become monarchs. Yeah, yeah. And the worst kept secret in comics, even in 1991 where there was no internet, is like Captain Adam is monarch. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Captain Adam is monarch. It's right there. It's (laughs) obvious. All the signs pointed to monarch. And at the last minute, it's like, ha-ha, suckers, it's not Captain Adam. It's Hawk. <laughs> yeah. Like from Hawk and Dove. Which makes Hawk. so much sense. <laughs> and like the whole thing fell apart. And then later, like later on, um, uh, the character uh, would evolve and would become ex- extant or oh. extant. Oh. Who was who was like the guy that worked for Parallax during Zero Hour? It's Terrible. Like, Jesus H. Christ! It's like no, like you should have just let it be Captain Adam, right? It, it, let it be Captain and Adam. Be done with you, it. Instead, you made it Hawk. And it was Captain Adam in Kingdom Come that like ruptured and destroyed like the entire breadbasket of the United States, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, one of the flashbacks of of Kingdom Come, one of the reasons why uh, things got so bad. Uh, and that superhero, uh, like people didn't trust superheroes. Superheroes had gotten so extreme is that um, they were fighting. Um, they were fighting Magog or Gog or whatever his name was uh, in Kansas. Right. And, and Gog pierced Captain Adam's containment suit. And he blew up like a nuclear bomb yeah. and destroyed all of Kansas. Yeah. Pretty, well, not just that. It destroyed Kansas and irradiated like the entire. Irradiated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it became an unusable like waste. Nebraska, Iowa, like the yeah, entire right. breadbasket of America was irradiated more or less. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was like a, a pivotal moment in the history of the kingdom come but future. I always loved that, that Captain Adam was like super dangerous scary and, yeah no and you knew don't that Captain Adam. like absolutely knew that and like the government wanted to use him for stuff major force was like a major part of that storyline who was like a really bad guy that was like trying to get captain use him like a weapon more or less and like well yeah and, and that's like uh so later on uh in the new 52 
there was a Captain Adam series. Freddie Williams, uh, yeah. Freddie Williams, the 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 two or the three this drew it. Second, yeah, this was volume uh, four, I guess it would have been. But it's good. Like it, that it was, was a good. good series. It was good. But yeah. it but they had kind of made Captain Adam a more of this like mystic like he he's borderline cosmic almost yeah. right he's got this he was he's got of, this unknowable well they were going like for he, like a doc manhattan thing with him and well I, but and that's I, the thing is that dr manhattan like is that. based on captain adam i know i know but i don't need that character to return to that you know what i mean like i, I mean, like it was a different version I, it was a different version. the reason i'm saying that i think dc did a better job with that is because they got sort of away from the weird charlton stuff and developed him more as like a flawed human who understands he has this crazy fucking power that is so dangerous that he has to spend most of his time trying to control it as sure. opposed to and i look i love doc manhattan too and the idea of this godlike character but i thought what they did with Captain Adam was even more impressive. And when they went back to that, just like, that seems that's weak. You know, like you've already Eh. developed all this. You're going to go back to that now. And then flash forward, we're going to get doc Manhattan in the regular DCU later on anyway. And Captain Adam will be nowhere to be found. So (laughs) yeah, it's true. It's It's too bad. No, I love Captain Adam. I I think that's a great answer. I think that uh, DC did a great job with Captain Adam all through the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Uh, until you know they rebooted their universe and uh yeah it's fun stuff they did the, like all, a lot of the charlton characters the question blue beetle like they they went on to like great success at yeah. dc i love others question. oh i love others question. uh you know floundered like peacemaker and uh well i know. would argue peacemaker's got his day coming Real well, yes, now but like <laughs> i want you to name one good peacemaker story from the last 30 years you can't that is fair yeah, but he didn't yeah, show up until it, the 80s. I never read any Peacemaker shit. I honestly right. don't know a goddamn thing about the Peacemaker. I don't either. Other than he wears a helmet that looks a lot like Orion, which I don't get. Is yes, he, he kind of looks like he kind of looks like Orion. Yeah, but he's not um, a new god, right? But uh, no, no, he's just a guy. Okay. Um, Nightshade from the Suicide Squad is also a Charlton character, like from John Ostrander's Suicide Squad. I did not know that. Uh, so, like, DC really did a great job, for the most part, capitalizing on their Charlton purchases. And uh, I think that that's a good that's a and a good example of a success. Yeah. Um, so unlike Fawcett, DC just full on bought Charlton and folded those characters in. Yeah. I mean, as Jason said, DC did buy the Fawcett characters eventually, but right. uh, for the longest time, just licensed, which is news to me that's until wild. today. That is wild. Yeah. Well, we learned Can a lot. Like, can you... A, 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 a more or less defunct company that's no longer publishing comics on a regular basis and DC who is owned by like the largest one of the largest corporations in the land was paying licensing fees for Captain Marvel for Shazam it may have not crazy. have been like it may have been Fawcett in name only and like the creators is who they were paying unlike yeah, Superman or you yeah, know whatever whatever company yeah. owned like the parent company that owned Fawcett it may have been um, a better deal for the Captain Marvel creators than it was for Superman creators who I, knows I mean I don't know <laughs> yeah. CC Beck's been dead for years so I have no idea yeah who knows um, but yeah yeah, that fun question. Fun question. Yeah, um, there are lots of lots of hits, lots of misses, and they do? weren't all at the big two. Yeah, definitely. Like Todd Mc, Todd McFarlane ended up with Miracle Man. What did he do with it? Nothing. No. But then Marvel Mar- ended up with Miracle Man. What have they done with it? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Which is probably for the best. I think the best Miracle Man stories have been told. I think we're done with that. You know. I think yeah, Miracle Man might be better left to the stuff of legend. We're you know? done with that. Yeah. 
All right, speaking of being done with things, we're done with this damn show. We gave you a question of the week. We had fun talking to everybody, as always. Thank you so much. Um, I wish more of you would just call in and leave a message. If you can't be here live, call in, leave a message, and answer the question of the week. Talk about the new stuff. Talk about something you watched. Talk about a comic you read. Whatever, man. Call us. We'd love to hear from you. 402-819-4894. Or send an MP3 to 2 Nerd oh, at gmail.com. Oh, you know what? Matt Bomb, Matt Bomb just bought a Nintendo Switch. I did. Call us up. Talk to Matt Bomb about what he should be looking for on the Switch. Yeah, I have no idea what to play. In fact, we're going to end the show so I can talk to Joe a little bit about it, about what I need to download right now. So, for now, my name is Matt Bomb. My name is Joe Patrick. This is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off!